What is up guys, it is Quinn here. And in today's video, I'm gonna be going through some of my week two fantasy football rankings. So in this specific video, I'm gonna be going through my top 36 wide receivers and then my top 18 tight ends. If you guys have any fantasy questions before we do jump into this, it could be start sit, waiver wire trade advice, drop those questions down below. I'll be responding to every single person. If you guys do enjoy the video, do me a huge favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. Would really help me out a ton. But let's just jump right into the wide receiver rankings. And I do just want to preface it by saying we're still learning a lot, you know, heading into week two. We've seen one week of games, but it's kind of tough to find a balance between really overreacting in week one, but then also, you know, moving players up to an appropriate spot. So certain guys, you know, you may think they should be higher after a great performance, or maybe you don't think they should be docked after one bad game. I tried to find a common ground here. But remember, we still don't know a ton. So over the next few weeks, we'll get that more dialed in. But like, if you think one player should be way higher or way lower, you can let me know your reasoning down below. And then, you know, maybe we'll chop it up down in the comment section. But starting off at number one here, I kind of feel like I just want to start off with the top five because there was a consensus top five heading into the season. It was Jefferson, Cup, Adams, Chase, Diggs, however you want to order those guys. Every single one of those dudes just went out and went nuclear. I mean, Stefan Diggs put up a crazy game on Thursday Night Football. It was like a fantastic performance. And then every other dude after that somehow managed to top him. So I have Jefferson at one, Cup at two, Adams at three, Chase at four, Diggs at five. You're starting all these dudes, you know, no matter what type of league you're in. At number six, I have A.J. Brown really looking like a solid value if you were getting him in the third round. Huge target share in week one. I don't think that's something he's going to, you know, carry into every single game just because, I mean, Devonta Smith had a goose egg. Like, Devonta Smith is not going to be shut out, you know, of games moving forward, but I still think he was a great value at price, and I think he's probably the best candidate to finish, you know, behind that top five group. So I have A.J. Brown here at six. I have Debo Samuel at seven. With Elijah Mitchell going down, I think we're going to say Debo get a lot of work on the ground, especially in the red zone those important opportunities, you know, while also adding work as a pass catcher. So he's at number seven. At number eight, I have Tyreek Hill. I feel like we have to feel very encouraged about his week one usage. Saw a lot of volume. They're trying to get the ball in his hands, letting him make plays. He goes up against the Ravens. I think he's a solid wide receiver one start. At number nine, I have Mike Evans. He does have a tough matchup going up against the Saints. Historically, he has not done super well against Lattimore. I feel confident in Mike Evans this week. Chris Godwin's likely going to be out. Mike Evans is going to be the clear-cut number one. I think they're going to find ways to get him involved, and I do think he's a locked-in wide receiver one this week. At number 10, I have Michael Pittman. Really solid matchup against the Jaguars. Pittman went crazy in week one, looking like a really strong pick in the third round. So I have him in here as a top 10 wide receiver. Excited to see what he does this weekend. Then at number 11, I have T. Higgins. Currently, you know, unknown whether or not he is going to be playing this Sunday, dealing with a concussion. I feel like more likely than not, those dudes do normally come back, you know, within that week. If he doesn't play, obviously, you know, you're not playing him in your lineup. But if he is back, good to go, 100%. I do like him as a back-end wide receiver one. Now here at number 12, I have Deontay Johnson. I understand that may seem very high for Deontay Johnson, but to be completely honest with you, I feel like there's a tier from wide receiver 12, maybe all the way down to like wide receiver 20. So I do like Deontay Johnson. He's going to have a lot of volume, saw a lot of volume in week one, commanded a very high target share, did that while dealing with a shoulder injury. 
So I do like him here. But then we're going to be getting into those wide receiver twos. And like I said, these guys really could be ordered in any specific you know order here. 13, I have Marquise Brown expecting a bounce back from the Cardinals offense. 14, I have Mike Williams. Really rough week one. Going to be the top option here with Keenan Allen out. I think he can have a nice bounce back game here against the Chiefs. Then I have Michael Thomas at 15. Went out in week one. Really impressive. It looks like he is back. I mean, if he's close to the Michael Thomas of old, he may continue to rise up these rankings. He's kind of someone who I have a tough time evaluating because I'll see people sending out trade offers. And if you, you know, they're trying to, I guess, sell Michael Thomas and they'll be selling Michael Thomas for a dude that was picked at the two, three turn. And it seems crazy because, you know, MT was picked fifth, sixth, seventh round, but it's almost at the point where it's like, I don't want to trade this dude because I feel like his ceiling is so, so high. So definitely someone to keep an eye on moving forward. At 16, I have Jalen Waddell, probably clearly behind Tyreek Hill in this offense, but still going to be involved, still going to have a decent number of opportunities. Number 17, Amon Ra. You know, turns out when you dominate at the end of the season last year and put up insane numbers, it's not just because Hawkinson and Swift are out of the lineup. It is because you're just a stud player. Amon Ra is that guy. He goes up against Washington this week, should continue to ball out. Then I have Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy back-to-back at 18 and 19, both going up against the Texans. Solid matchup here. I'm still not really locked in on what player, you know, I think is the better option here. Heading into the season, I was, you know, a Cortland Sutton guy. I did like him over Jerry Judy. Not like the crazy, like, round, round and a half difference we were seeing on some platforms, but I did like Sutton more. I know some Judy people are kind of victory lapping the week one. For being honest, you know, the production was decently similar, the volume, opportunities, all of that. I feel like they're going to be going back and forth on a weekly basis. I think they're both going to be solid wide receiver two plays, and that's where I have them slotted in here in week two. At 20, I have CeeDee Lamb, probably the biggest faller after week one. It was just a whole combination of rough things. Obviously, the DAC injury was pretty brutal, but I mean, before that, like Lamb did not look good. He wasn't commanding a massive target share. Just a rough night overall for C.D. Lamb. So I do have him slotted in as what, like a mid to back end wide receiver two. I think he's still a solid start. Maybe if you can buy low, if you know people are just giving him away, like not for free, but you know, trading a guy they drafted in the second round for like a sixth round value. I would look into that. I do think with Dak out, it's going to be tough for him. This offense is just not going to be good. The passing attack is going to be rough. So you may just want to kind of prepare for that if you are keeping them on your rosters. Then at 21, I have Juju Smith-Schuster. Looks like he's going to be the clear-cut number one here with the Chiefs. Very solid role. He is a little bit banged up heading into this Thursday night game. But if he plays, you know, if the indications are that he's solid, good to go, healthy, close to 100%, I do like him here at 21. At 22, I have DJ Moore. Slow start here in uh, week one. I'd expect a bounce back. Still expect him to be like the safe you know, season-long option that we've been expecting. Then I've got Gabriel Davis here at 23. Some people may think this is low. I could see maybe moving him ahead of DJ Moore, maybe up a few spots, but I feel like back-end wide receiver two is the fair price. He's a wide receiver two on his team going up against the Titans. I think this is an appropriate ranking for him. Then at 24, I have Brandon Cooks, just a very, very safe play going up against the Broncos. He's never going to give you anything, you know, crazy, But year after year, the man just produces as like a fringe wide receiver too. So that's where he is ranked uh, this week. 
25, I have Terry McLaurin going up against the Lions. McLaurin's got some new target competition this year. I feel like the thing with McLaurin is he was always the only dude on his team with a trash quarterback, and it was like if he had weapons around him to help him out, a better quarterback, you know, then he'd be in a good spot. I don't know if he's in a great spot because now you have Curtis Samuel and Jahad Dotson both making plays, and then you have a quarterback upgrade, but not like an insane upgrade. I still think he's sliding in as like a, you know, back-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three. It's probably where he's going to be sitting for most of the season. Then I have DK Metcalf here at 26. Didn't have a great week one, but they were trying to get him involved. I think they're going to be getting him opportunities. Obviously, the Seahawks offense has taken a step back without Russ there. Geno did look solid, but it still did not, you know, lead to DK Metcalf production. Metcalf is just someone where you're going to be starting him because you believe in the talent. He's going to have some big games, and that's why he is here at 26. Then we're getting into some of these younger wide receivers. 27, I have Rashad Bateman. Finally scored his first NFL touchdown. I expect him to be the wide receiver one there moving forward. Devin Duvernay had a solid game, two touchdowns. But if we're being honest here, Rashad Bateman is the guy. At 28, I have Drake London. A really solid week one. Tough matchup here against the Rams in uh, week two. But I just think he's going to continue to build. He's going to have a really strong rookie season. And if you're drafting him, or I mean, if you're starting him as your wide receiver three, I think you're in a solid spot. Then I have Elijah Moore right behind him here at 29. Probably doesn't have as high of a ceiling with Flacco at quarterback as he might with Zach Wilson, but I still think he's the clear top wide receiver on this team. He's the one wide receiver in this wide receiver room that's getting like the elite wide receiver one opportunities, the wide receiver one snap share. I think he's just going to continue to give you solid production. Didn't, you know, put up anything crazy in week one, but it was just a solid, decent game. I think he's going to build on that here in week two. 30, I have Darnell Mooney coming off of a brutal week one. But like I've been saying in all the start sit videos, probably talked about in the waiver wire video, trade targets, all this stuff, you know, the rankings videos, it's pretty tough to take away anything from that week one game with the Bears and the 49ers, especially when you're looking at the quarterback play and then the wide receivers. When you're playing in terrible conditions, obviously the passing is not going to be great. In turn, the wide receivers are not going to get super involved. I feel like that was the case with Darnell Mooney. He goes up against the Packers. I think he's going to have a much better performance. I mean, it'd be tough to have a worse performance than what he had uh, in week one, but I do think he'll be solid in week two and is definitely startable. Then at 31, I have Christian Kirk going up against the Colts, coming off of a 100-plus yard game. Some people may think he should be ranked higher. I wouldn't push back super strongly against that. I would just like to see it, you know, maybe one more time. If he's the clear-cut top option on this team one more time, then maybe he moves up to, you know, a high-end wide receiver three play. But I think mid-tier wide receiver three, fair spot for Christian Kirk after a solid week one. 32, I have Adam Thielen coming off of a, you know, slow start in week one. It's obviously going to be tough to produce when you have Justin Jefferson just hogging the entire, you know, passing share, but it'll happen. Adam Thielen will still get his. I still think he's a solid start. At 33, I have Julio Jones here. He is a little bit banged up, so that is something to monitor, but I also feel like the uh, Buccaneers are probably just going to be giving them opportunities to rest, have some limited practices. We've seen them do that with their veterans. Brady took rest days. Gronk had a decent amount of rest days, limited in practices. So I'm not overly concerned about this Julio injury. Obviously, if we're hearing you know more closer to game time, it's not ideal. But like I said for Mike Evans, Chris Godwin is going to be out Julio looked fantastic in their week one game, connected with Brady, 
Brady raves about the dude. I mean, they're even getting Julio involved in like jet sweeps, just getting the ball into his hand. I also talked about Mike Evans' struggles, you know, going up against Lattimore. If he does struggle once again, the guy who's going to be the beneficiary of that is Julio Jones. So I know some people, you know, were not high on Julio heading into the season. I mean, if you're one of those people, you probably don't even have him on your roster. But if you do roster him, the time to be playing Julio is when he is semi-healthy on the field, right? The downside for Julio is he just will not be able to stay on the field, stay healthy. It looks like he's lined up to play. He'll be lined up as the wide receiver too on this offense. It's a very, very valuable spot to have. So he is going to be a start. Then at 34, I have Allen Robinson. Some people may consider this a massive overreaction. For me, it's not really an overreaction because I was never super high on A-Rob. I kind of tried to clarify this in the uh, wide receiver start sit. If you viewed Allen Robinson as a mid to back end wide receiver too, then after one bad game, you should not be, you know, throwing him out of your lineup, throwing him into like a back end wide receiver three slot. I feel like that would be an overreaction. I was never super in on Allen Robinson. So I believe you guys can fact check me on this. I believe I had him ranked somewhere as like a high to mid tier wide receiver three in both my redraft and week one rankings. So dropping him here to 34 isn't really a significant drop. I think it's appropriate for you know his lack of involvement in week one. I still think A-Rob can be a startable asset moving forward. I would just like to see him log a nice performance here in week two, and then maybe we can start creeping him up here in the ranks. Then I've got some young wide receivers, number twos on their offenses behind stud wide receivers, Brandon Ayuk at 35, Devonta Smith at 36. For Devonta Smith, it is tough to have him on these rankings after putting up a goose egg. But to be honest, I didn't really love any of the options behind him. I could have threw in a guy like Hunter Renfro, just a very low ceiling in my opinion. I would throw Tyler Boyd in here if uh, T. Higgins is out. He probably would be up, probably ahead of both Ayuk and Devonta Smith. I just think Devonta Smith, a very talented player. He's obviously going to be a key part of this offense. Goose egg week one, I doubt that it happens again this season. So he is going to be a back end, you know, wide receiver three. I don't love it if you are starting him. But if you have to, deeper league, multiple flexes, I think it's all right. So those are the wide receivers, top 36. Now we're going to jump into the top 18 tight ends. We're going to kind of run through these top ones pretty quickly because they're pretty obvious. Kelsey at one, balled out week one. Andrews at two, Pitts at three, Waller at four. If Kittle does give it a go, Kittle will be here at number five. Number six, I have Dalton Schultz. Definitely takes a hit from Dak, but I still feel like there's some separation from Schultz between like the Hawkinson, Ertz, Fryermuth tier. So he is still going to be a mid-tier option for me. Number seven, I have TJ Hawkinson. Didn't do anything crazy in uh, week one. He's in that range where you can't be expecting solid production every single week. He's not going to kill you in your lineup though. He's still one of the Lions' top weapons. Still like firing him up this week. At eight, I have Zach Ertz. Produced while being, you know, kind of hampered with an injury in week one. Heading into week two, should be healthier. Also expecting a bounce back from this Cardinals offense. Number nine, I have Pat Fryermuth. Very, very intriguing week one from Fryermuth. Led the Steelers in terms of receiving yards. It's really great to see, especially if he can continue to be one of the top weapons on this team. I think a lot of people thought he would struggle competing with Deontay, Claypool, Pickens, Najee. He did well in week one. We'll see how he looks in week two. 10, I have Dallas Goddard. I think if you, you know, argue Goddard at nine, eight, or seven, I think it's a fair play. I just think he's probably going to, well, he's clearly going to be behind A.J. Brown, and I think normally he's going to be behind Devonta Smith. 
Just don't know if the volume is going to be there, but I still think he's definitely a startable tight end play. Then we're getting into the options. I believe I only had 10 tight ends listed as starts in my start sit video. I know a lot of people were kind of annoyed with that. Doesn't make a ton of sense to me because I'm not going to come out here and list players as starts when I don't think they're starting caliber. And I even like talked about the example. In one league, I have Cole Komet as my starting tight end. I'm going to start him because I got to start someone. But do I feel confident doing that? No. My general point is we are getting into that tier right here. So we've got the Knox, you know, Everett, Komet. Knox obviously disappointed week one. I liked him heading into the week one. Hopefully he can see some more consistent volume. Gerald Everett had a nice week one. Doesn't really have track record of decent production. But, you know, you have Keenan Allen out of the lineup. Could be a shootout against the Chiefs. An interesting play. Cole Komet at 13. Did nothing week one. Goose egg. But like I said, you know, earlier on, tough to, you know, really take anything out of that game for the pass catchers. Got Alberto at 14. Some decent involvement in week one. Definitely encouraging moving forward. Tyler Higby at 15. Saw some nice volume in week one. Didn't do a ton with it. We'll see if he can repeat that type of volume and target share here in week two. Uh, 16, David Njoku. He's a guy who had a lot of, you know, routes run. He was in on a lot of plays, had good route participation, just did not translate it into points. We'll see if he can do that here in week two. Then we've got Tanyan at 17. Probably expect, you know, some slow starts from Tanyan coming off that ACL, but he did kind of show in week one, he is one of Rogers' trusted weapons. Probably one of maybe, you know, throw Lazard in there, Cobb, and then who knows who he's trusting. You know, obviously the running backs, but with the rest of those younger wide receivers and like Watkins, who's new this year. So Tanyan is trusted. We'll see if he can continue to elevate his play as he gets farther and farther, you know, back from that ACL. And then at 18, Taysom Hill. No, there are some Taysom Hill fans out there. I think if you're, you know, struggling for a waiver wire start, a lot of people snag the other options. I don't think he's a bad play. Like I said, he's going to produce with those gadget plays, get a few carries here and there, a few targets, maybe throw a pass or two. It's just going to come down to if, you know, one of those plays hits, he had a big like 50-yard run, then punched it into the end zone. On a typical day, if you're getting five carries, one reception, it's going to be turning into like 30 yards and, you know, a 10-yard reception. If you don't get into the end zone, that's not going to be getting it done. But he becomes interesting because the back end of the tight ends are just so brutal. So I guess something to keep an eye on here against the Buccaneers. So those are the wide receiver and tight end rankings. Let me know what you guys think down below in the comment section. Any questions, ask away. If you guys enjoy the video, you know the drill. Hit the like button and subscribe to the channel. As always, thank you guys for stopping by and I'll see you in the next one.